Oh, there's one. So it looks like here's our Hello. first collision of the day. Oh, we should clear the leaves. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Lena Kim. And I'm Charlotte Young. You're listening to Daybreak. Among the wildlife on campus, birds don't receive the most attention. Our squirrels serve as Rockefeller College's mascot, and some in the area sport a unique black coat. The campus fox is an almost mythical icon, but the birds of campus receive far less attention by the student body. That is, except for the members of the Princeton Birding Society, a group of avid bird watchers, environmentalists, and simply curious explorers on campus. There's a bird called the red knot, a subspecies of it migrates from Tierra del Fuego all the way north to the Canadian Arctic. And the population passes through the Delaware Bay, where the red knot forages on the eggs of horseshoe crabs that are on the beaches. And this bird's migration is phenomenal. It's captivating. Yeah, they really like birds. Today, Daybreak sat down with the preeminent birders on campus, as well as other lovers of these feathered friends, to discuss birding, its role on campus, and what is being done to protect birds from our buildings. Listen in. My name is Patrick Newcomb. I'm a junior at Princeton, um, and I'm the president of the Birding Society. Patrick's been into birding for over a decade, and he's not alone on campus. The Princeton Birding Society is a group of students that's brought together by our love of birds. So we go out in the Princeton area um, in New Jersey to see as many different birds as possible to find rare species that we're excited about. And we also work to make campus a more bird-friendly place. We have a project planned to go on owling trips around Princeton where we'll take students out several times to get as many students as possible and go look for short-eared owls at Mercer Meadows where there are often large numbers that can be seen during the winter. The Birding Society also does documentary nights. We um, have held seminars with different graduate students to, to share their knowledge. Outside of campus, the Birding Society has taken their bird watching skills to a national and international level. Their team, the Princeton Tiger Shrikes, aptly named after the bird species, earned the World Series of Birding title in the spring of 2022, traveling New Jersey from top to bottom to spot more than 200 species. But being an award-winning bird watching group is only one part of their impact on campus. They're also deeply involved in environmental advocacy. The Birding Society first started monitoring in, I believe, 2019 to start collecting data on where collisions were occurring. When Patrick says monitoring, he means monitoring the number of dead birds on campus. This winter, we realized that we had the chance to make monitoring more rigorous, more thorough, more comprehensive than it ever has been before. And I hope to make Princeton a model on the national level for what it means to to track bird collisions on campuses. So the Birding Society decided that we wanted to expand the number of buildings we were monitoring, that we wanted to monitor more frequently during the day to make sure that we were catching as many collisions as possible so that our data represented the full extent of the problem. So far, it looks like the Frick Chemistry Laboratory is the number one one hotspot that data from the spring, from the summer, and the fall has identified as causing the most collisions. And actually, there's a graduate student who has monitored Frick over several years and consistently noticed a pattern of collisions happening. As Patrick briefly mentioned, graduate students in the Birding Society have been collaborating on mitigating the effects of this increasingly prevalent problem of bird collisions on campus. We sat down with two researchers at the Stoddard Lab 
a group that studies avian sensory ecology, evolution, and behavior. My name is Rosalind Price-Waldman. I'm a fifth-year graduate student in Cassie Stoddard's lab, and I study uh, feather coloration. And I'm David Ocampo. I am a third-year graduate student in the Stoddard lab, too, and I studied breeding biology of birds, eggs, and color and the structure of the eggshell. I would say it's sort of the biggest thing we're working on with the Birding Society right now is this effort to monitor birds to try to understand where they're colliding with windows. I actually went on a bird collision monitoring excursion with Patrick to learn more about how this data is collected in action. So basically what we're doing is we're walking about an arm's length away from each window um, and looking for any collisions. So sometimes the birds blend in well with the, the ground, especially on areas with soil like this, so it's just really important to walk slowly, to walk carefully, closely along the windows. So how can y'all tell that it's a collision versus something else? The carcass is completely intact, which means that it probably was not a predator that got it, and also the fact that it's right next to the window is pretty decent evidence. This is a window where we've probably seen three or four collisions just this fall. You can even see there's a feather pile right up there that I, I think was a, a collision a few days ago. Um, so this has definitely been, been one of the more problematic windows on campus. Lewis, Lewis Center for the Arts? Yes, I think specifically this is the Ekron Music Building. With this data, Rosalind and David go to the lab and study the bird collisions. They compare Princeton's results to peer institutions and try to find where we can do better. So we're really trying to understand which um, windows on Princeton's campus have kind of a high incidence of bird mortality. And so we're working with Patrick and the rest of the Bird Society to um, monitor buildings on Princeton's campus that we know have a lot of glass. Along with the monitoring, we are also, and, and I think that's another part that we are very involved with, is that we are also like, um, like just like searching in all these other universities and learning what they have done to prevent these mortalities and what are the different strategies that work and some of the other strategies that are not like super like effective. So in that sense, we are trying to like came with a, the better strategy for our context based on a lot of different references that are happening and, and a lot of other ornithologists interested in this, in this trend. Looking towards the future, both groups are advocating for an emphasis on how to make Princeton a more bird-friendly space, which includes both infrastructural changes, and they're also looking to engage more with the Princeton community. You can actually report bird collisions through our iNaturalist project. So iNaturalist is sort of a citizen science website where you can take pictures of animals and they can be identified or you can report seeing them. And we have a project so that if you see a bird that has died through a collision with a window, you can report it as part of this project and we can include it in our monitoring data and this ongoing effort to help us understand where on campus birds are really having the highest mortality with windows. You can also join the Birding Society since we already have such close connections there. There. You are very welcome and encouraged to join our uh, natural history walks. They generally are on Friday mornings and they're a walk around campus to see various plants and animals. They're really great. Along with contributing to citizen data science, 
Rosalind noted that smaller changes made by individuals can also help reduce bird collisions, like putting up affordable stickers on your windows to alert nearby birds, installing cords, or turning off your lights when you're not in the room. Just in the past year, the university treated the windows at Prospect House to address um, what had been a hotspot for collisions. The university applied stickers onto the window that break up the reflection so that birds are able to see the window and don't collide with it. And it's super exciting to see the university's enthusiasm and interest in addressing this problem and making the campus one that's more friendly towards birds. The hope of the Birding Society is that all future construction will take into account collisions with birds in decisions about what glass to use. I, I would argue that it could be much cheaper to build bird-friendly glass into the buildings in the first place rather than to go back and have to apply treatment later once we've noticed that there is a problem. And I'm very optimistic that very soon the university is going to make that final decision to ingrain bird-friendly treatments into new construction on Princeton's campus. We've had a lot of enthusiasm from, from the people we've talked to about this. Patrick noted that Princeton is home to many unique species of birds, but this is only a glimpse of New Jersey's richly diverse habitat. Um, I would say we're really, really lucky to live here in New Jersey, and Princeton's campus is such a green, beautiful place. There have been over 200 bird species documented on Princeton's campus. The state is one that has such incredible diversity from mountains to coastlines and mudflats, and it's something that not a lot of people appreciate. So naturally, we asked him what we should look out for. I would tell people at Princeton to go look for the red knot. It's an incredible bird. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by me, Zach Lee, and Charlotte Young, sound engineered by Vitus LaRue, and produced under the 148th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, Class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Lena Kim. Have a wonderful day.